Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Leon of Satellite Sisters. Julie and I recorded our usual Tuesday show this week in the usual Tuesday way, but there was a little audio problem on Skype and with my microphone, so you're going to hear some distortion. I apologize, but there's nothing I can do. So next week, we will hope to have this fixed. Thanks a lot. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm here with my sister, Julie Dolan. It is Tuesday, June 14th. Julie, I'm happy to be with you today. I am too, Leanne. I think after such a terrible tragedy... Once again, you just want to reach out to your sisters, your satellite sisters, your friend. It has to leave us all wobbly, right? Oh, yesterday, you know, I mean, unfortunately now I have this pattern where there's just shock the first day. And then there's an interest in how did that happen? Who did it? And then, you know, eventually there's the names of the victims are released. Then it starts to sink in just what a personal loss this is for all of those families and their friends. And yesterday it hit me. I don't know if you saw Anderson Cooper, if you normally watch his broadcast, but I do. And he opened, it's on at five o'clock and I'm in my kitchen and he was live from Orlando and he opened just by announcing all the names and doing a little story about their lives. And he could barely hold it together emotionally. And I just started to sob. And my husband came home right at that moment. He's like, why do you watch this? I said, because I have to, I have to remember you have to, you have to understand these are people's lives, right? That I totally agree with you, Leanne. I mean, there is just after this, you know, a horrific event, there's just so much noise. You're right. You do want to find out about it. But I, today my focus is just, was just on the victims. I really just want to think about their lives. I want to honor their lives and their families and think about the grief that they're going through, the shock, uh, the incredible pain, the trauma that they have all experienced. Um, and I just want to focus on that. I just, I can't, I, I, that's what I can do today for um, the victims and their families in Orlando, you know, I'm just- I, do, I do think too, in this particular incident, there was such a rush to just start speculating on the motive and the, and the shooter and the, this and the, that. And I know it's a, it's a presidential year. I know there's, you know, space to fill. It's a weekend. So that means it's a slow news day. Tragically, that's true. You know, there, so, but I just felt like we've learned so much about what's happened and about the shooter in the last 48 hours. I wish people would just pull back people in the media, the pundits, the candidates, everyone would just pull back a second right. until we have right. some facts. So right. refocusing on the victims and who they were as individuals. And, you know, certainly you get a sense that that community there in Orlando was very strong, that, you know, that 
that nightclub Pulse acted as really a center for that community. It just, everything about it just broke my heart yesterday when I saw Anderson Cooper could barely hold it together. Leanne Dolan was a mess on the couch. And yeah. uh, so that is, that is a place to focus. That is a place to focus as the news stories continue to come out about this. Um, all right, Julie, we though are going to move on here at Satellite Sisters. We do have a Tuesday show for you, but there are actual news headlines we're going to talk about. Uh, today on the show, we're going to talk about the Tony Awards. And if you're thinking to yourself, um, I'm never going to get a ticket to see Hamilton. Why don't they just make the movie? I'm going to tell you how, why it takes so long for Broadway musicals to come to the screen. Uh, also, there's some news coming out of Apple, some that I'm a little suspicious of. <laughs> I feel like Apple has done enough for me. They don't need to do any more to make my life. Innovating, Leanne. I know. I didn't ask them, but they gave me a whole video presentation on my laptop yesterday. I didn't ask for it, Leanne. I know. But there he was, the CEO of Apple, just talking to me about stuff. Yeah. So I, I... uh, I, I just kept closing my laptop, but you uh, you know about it, so that's good, Lee, and I want to hear. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, Julie, you bring us trends on Tuesday. You have a trio I, of trends today. I have I have some I have some horrendous uh, one good trend that I think you in particular, Lee and Dolan, are going to be very excited about, and then two just horrendous trends. Okay. <laughs> Okay, good. Uh, also, some tips on how to remember people's names that you just can't recall, um, including like Does your that neighbor. To you, that happens to me all the time. I totally blank out. I, I just, it is. I really, it's such a panic. So when I saw this article, six strategies on how to deal with that situation, I was like, okay, great. I'm not I, too sure. About I have something I call book tour face blindness. And, um, you know, when I'm out on tour, I did like almost 70 appearances between October and May. And it's just walking into a lot of rooms, primarily of women, uh, you know, talking, introducing myself, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll see them at the grocery store and they'll be like, Lynn. And I just, uh, so maybe there's a strategy in there that can help me with that. I recall the face. I just can't recall the name or anything else. But uh, I try. I try. And then finally, we have our Outlander uh, commentary uh, today. Julie spreading false rumors that it was the season finale this week. I know. You know, my husband had, Liz actually <laughs> listens to our podcast, Leon, and uh, he was watching the, uh, see, uh, the, the show, the Outlander episode with me, and he said, well... That didn't seem like much of a season's finale. I was like, oh, yeah, well, well, you weren't on our Facebook page because there was a big correction about that. There is going to be a season's finale. Yes. No, but, but it wasn't this week, and it's not even next week. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. We're back. We're the Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne here with my sister, Julie. Uh, Julie, though, we're going to get into all those stories we mentioned before, but you are, how's your, how's Nana Camp going? Is that started yet? What are you doing no, that, this summer? Right now, I, am, I, I have a babysitting assignment. My, my main assignment is taking care of my granddaughter, Alice. Um, and she is going to a summer camp here in Dallas. And, uh, and my job is to make sure she, 
she, you know, gets a ride over there in the morning to get to the summer camp. And then I do the pickup in the afternoon. I pick up Alice and her nice little friend, Stella. Um, I, I, I pick her up and bring her home. So it seems, seemed pretty simple. But this is a little summer, three-week summer camp, and it's for gifted and talented. Can I say that? Gifted and talented <laughs> children. Uh, in the oh, town. here she goes. There here she, she that's goes. It. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, it's gifted and talented. So the end of the day camp is at 3.45. And so I thought, okay, great. Um, But I did receive some information about the carpool line. Okay, that should have been my first... First warning shot, Leanne, because they because when you look up look up online, they send you an aerial photograph of how you're supposed to do the carpool line. I was like, what is this? You know, big red arrows, all kinds of things. So there are about 275 kids that are going to this camp. And so the first day, I think, you know, because I'm a Dolan, I'm going to show up early. Right. Yeah. Get there at three thirty for the three forty five pickup okay yeah leon i am car 75 in the line okay (laughs) yeah i am car 75 in the line i was like what is this all about okay so that was that was kind of a shock to me that uh that you know this gifted and it's like gifted and talented carpool parents they know that you have to get there early (laughs) second second aspect of it they they as part of the carpool instructions they said you're supposed to make a sign for your car with the last name of the camper. So I gave uh, dear little Alice a piece of paper and a Sharpie and said, make a sign. And so she wrote, you know, her, her name on the, on the, on the piece of paper. And I had that in the car. Leon, I was like, so underthinking that because again, cause I'm car 75 in this line. I'm looking in front of me. I'm looking behind me. Um, People have like made professional color coded signs. Oh, laminated. Oh, dare I say lamination? Yeah. There's a lot of lamination going on with the signs, and they have that little plastic hookup for their windshield so that you can hang up the sign. Okay. 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 So this wow, is, these are gifted and talented parents. This is spent a long. A lot of time on their carpool strategy. High-achieving huh. carpoolers, Liam. That's what they are. H-A-C, okay? Uh, then Be you a have good the dilemma. Twitter You're... feed. That's a good Twitter feed right there. High-achieving High carpoolers. Yeah, yes, they are, Liam. Okay, so then you have the issue, like, okay, so that was the first day. I was like, I am not going to be car 75 in this line. I, that is, like, crazy. So I go, I go at some... Really, or at 3.15, I am there for the 3.45 pickup. And I am still car 25, Leanne. I was like, when are these people getting to this to this school? But so then you're in line. I'm in line for 3.15 to 3.45 before the carpool line starts moving. You understand this? And it's hot here in Texas. It's 95. I can't, I don't want to, you can't just sit in a, in a car with the windows down with 95 degrees. You're like, it's terrible. Okay. That day, the man behind me, okay, high, high achieving carpooler, he pulls out, he turns off the engine in his car, he pulls out a camp chair, okay? He takes his camp chair and he goes out and sits under a tree with a book for the 30 minutes before the end of carpool. So this is really, okay, I, my Urban Nana's competitive juices are up. I just am like, 
what is it going to take for me to be a top 10 carpooler? <laughs> what is it going to take, Leanne? I don't know, because if you go too early, they're not going to let you park there because it's like a fire lane. It's in front of a school. Right. Only during the carpool time. Right. So I don't know, Leanne. I just, uh, but every day it's a challenge. I, I am pretty sure that some of our satellite sisterhood are gifted and talented carpoolers, and they could tell you what you need to do. I, my kids never, I never sat in a carpool lane. No, you don't know this. Like, I don't know, and I would have no patience for it. So that it's a good thing. I would have <laughs> certainly been jailed uh, if I had to sit in a carpool lane. But um, I am sure that on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page, you are going to get some suggestions about how to, about do how to mean, strategize. I, I think I, it's either go really early or go really late. I think the 315 gets you nowhere, right? Well, I mean, if you go really late, again, they have 275 kids. Yeah. To dismiss, uh, they're not. There may not be 275 cars, but there are probably 150 cars yeah. there. So then you're that is you're spending a lot of time at the back end of the line where you're not controlling things. <laughs> it's the speed <laughs> in which the child is getting into the car. Now I will say. They have done everything again because it's a high, it's a gifted and talented carpool line, Leanne. They have they have monitors, carpool monitors uh-huh. that come out, come on out and work the lines yeah. with cell phones, and they call in the name of the kids, and then because the kids are waiting inside again because of the Texas heat, <laughs> they don't have them outside. But they call in the name of the kids, and the kids come running out of this building. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what they say to them in the building. I'm not sure. Because they're in some terrible camp all day. (laughs) They are at top speed running out. And then, again, they're carpool monitors that are just yelling and barking at you as you get into the pickup area. So they're moving it as fast as they can. But you still have so Hmm. many kids ahead of you. I'm not going to do the end of the line. Plus, that's my time with Alice. I don't want her to wait all that time. Don't I don't want her to think that I, you know, didn't care enough about the carpool line <laughs> that I could get in the carpool line early. You see this, Liam. For all you know, waiting for the carpool is probably the best time of the day at that camp <laughs> where they could just relax and be themselves instead of having to be gifted and talented. <laughs> could be. Could be, Liam. Could be. So, all right. Well, I wish you a lot of luck with that. That sounds like a great way to spend your summer vacation. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> But I'm going to win, Liam. Don't worry about it. I know you will. I know you will. Uh, all right, Julie, the Tony Awards were this week. Did you get a chance to watch oh, on Sunday night? Fantastic, Liam. And what a perfect night. What a perfect tonic for the terrible of events, news events of the day to watch the, the Tony Awards this year. Yeah, and I thought I, they beautifully handled that. Uh, everyone from the host to the award recipients to the beautiful ribbons that everyone was wearing. It's a it's a no-win situation, but I think they actually won. They did an amazing job. I thought everyone connected with the Tonys and honoring the Orlando victims. And it's so personal to so many people in the theater community. Absolutely, Leanne. And, of course, my man, James Corden, he just he killed it, Leanne. He did an awesome job. That opening number was delightful. It was absolutely fantastic. Even my husband enjoyed it. You know, he likes to watch James Corden too. So we tape it and we watch it, you know, at a reasonable hour. And, uh, and he, he, he enjoyed it. He, he watched almost all of the Tonys. Uh, First of all, I was impressed he stayed awake. And secondly, he really enjoyed it, but there were some fantastic performances from all of the plays. It does make you want to see almost all the plays, almost all the plays, but she loves me. I didn't want (laughs) to, That one, that one, 
How about School of Rock? Like, that oh, that looked terrible. To me, that looked fantastic. I thought oh. the kids were so talented and just singing and dancing and playing their hearts out. I loved it, Leanne. Well, the kids were cute, no doubt. I mean, the kids are adorable. And should you take your gifted and talented granddaughter to New York, you should totally see it. I, I would not pay five dollars to go see School of Rock, and that. Oh, but, that is, but, but, lovely. you know, but I would go see that waitress. I thought Sarah Bareilles' show looked fantastic. Yes. I thought the Steve Martin Edie Brickell show looked really great. Deadly. That looked deadly to me. Oh really? Oh, I like the color purple. I mean, that young woman just tore it up on stage, and that's not a show I had seen before. So I was like, oh, I would go see that now that I've seen a little taste of it. And the speeches, Frank Langella, who's just a marvelous actor, he was great. And, and of course, Hamilton won the night. As everyone knows, it won 11 Tony Awards. They had the big performance at the end of the show. Uh, Barbara Streisand inexplicably came dressed as Hamilton. I know. What was, what was with the... <laughs> What was with I don't that know. Outfit. Uh, she was wearing like the, a fluffy, lacy, sh- puffy shirt. She was wearing a puffy shirt and sort of a colonial style outfit, yeah. I would say. Oh, yeah. totally. No, it reminded me of the kind of costumes we used to wear in like fourth grade when we had to do Revolutionary War Day. Like, <laughs> and we had those tricorn hats. And uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. I mean, she hadn't been to the Tonys. Did you know that? In like 45, 46 years. I understand that, Leanne. That was, that was, so that was a very big night. Very so brave that. outfit. <laughs> Very brave. Very brave outfit for her. But she's Barbara Streisand, so she gets a standing ovation just for showing up, which is totally fine. Totally fine. So I know you're thinking, I have not seen Hamilton. Have you seen Hamilton? No, Lynn, no. I have not seen Hamilton. I saw it on the Tonys. I knew this was going to be my only shot to see that, you know, so uh, I enjoyed it. But uh, I don't think I'll ever be able to see it on Broadway. I, well, I there's a good article in the L.A. T- London. What's so that? It may open in London. And maybe the British won't like it as much because <laughs> <laughs> they might have a different point of view about right. about the you know the play than than we do. So maybe I could snag a ticket in London. Yeah. Well, the Roadshow is opening in Los Angeles in a year, summer of 2017. And to buy tickets, you had to buy seven uh, tickets to seven other plays I didn't really want to see to get the eighth ticket, which was Hamilton. And it seems so far away. I was like. Well, well, surely I'll have a chance, but no, clearly not. Uh, but now that it's won every Tony and, and deservedly so, it looks like a remarkable piece of theater and groundbreaking and everything they kept saying about it. And I've kept reading about it. It looked to be true. Uh, so today in the calendar section of the LA times, um, the writer Steven Zeitschick has a long article on how long it's going to take Hamilton to get to the silver screen. And frankly, it could be decades. Now, why is that? It should, seems like there's a giant hit musical you could turn it into a movie and people would flock to it well here's the thing no almost none of those things are guaranteed to be true first of all hamilton as it is as you saw that in the new york times this weekend it's projected to be a billion dollar uh property right, basically right. they stand to rake in a billion dollars from that based on the broadway show and the soundtrack and the road shows that are going out there and and the concession stand and you know the t-shirts all of that's a billion dollars so that's frankly the equivalent of like a star wars movie that is already the equivalent of a huge huge feature film not even like a modest hit but a huge feature film so as of now they have not sold the film rights to hamilton they are 
they are still available and they're not even talking to people. They're not interested. The other thing they've done research, it does cannibalize your ticket sales on Broadway. And in the road pro shows. So once the movie is made, people stop buying tickets to the show. Oh. So it took movies like Chicago. You know, you saw it, 20 years. Chicago's still running on Broadway. But that took like 15 years to come to the screen. You know, it takes them a long time because they want to sure that, make sure the producers of the stage show want to make sure they're not hurting their stage sales. Uh, they said movies like Rent... That was the, something that came out probably too fast, and it started to hurt ticket sales, and then it was a critical and a box office failure. So some of these shows that would live on forever on stage actually get hurt by the movie versions. So it won't be any time soon that <laughs> Hamilton is so coming. So what is the conclusion? Is that you yes. then bring your son home from college and use his college tuition to buy a ticket? I guess to that's see, it. To see it, Leanne, is that it? Or buy the tickets to the seven other shows I don't want to see. one of which maybe she loves me and the school of rock i can't remember School of rock and that's going to be good you're wrong about that okay all right uh now now on to what's happening at apple this week okay so you're right they're making all kinds of announcements there apple but this is the one that caught my eye that they've actually seen a slowdown in app sales lately, app developers. And app developers aren't particularly happy with Apple. They thought, like, the wa- the watch was going to be a big deal and people were going to load it up with apps, and that's, like, not true. And all those apps that come built into your phone that no one wants, you couldn't delete. Finally, you're going to be able to delete them. But um, few of the apps, a, a small number of apps, have gotten the okay to talk to Siri. So you are going to be able to, for instance, Uber is going to be able to hook up with Siri through your phone, and you're just going to be able to yell at your phone, get me an Uber, (laughs) and it's going to happen. I like that, Lee, and I think that's a good idea. More talking, less typing. Why should you be all hunched over your little cell phone? And you know I have those zombie fingers that don't really work on the cell phone. So if I could yell, or well, I mean, first of all, Leanne, you don't have to yell, but you're right. Everyone will be yelling. <laughs> you are right about that. Yeah. But if you can just do a voice command, great. Easier, Leanne. I just have not embraced voice command. And no, I, why is that? You have a lovely voice. I'm I, sure Siri would respond to you. I know. My sons are always like, just use voice command, Mom, when I'm desperately like taking my glasses on, putting them off, hitting yes, the phone. Yeah, and yeah. then like, it's just made use for us, Leanne. It's made for us. <laughs> I just, I just don't, I don't understand it. It seems weird to be talking at my phone as opposed to on my phone. I just got a new car and my previous car was an 11 year old station wagon. Uh, its technology consisted of a tape deck. And so, (laughs) so it must be shocking to be in a new car, right? It's, it's shocking. It's none of the cars we have are new or had Bluetooth and it's shocking. And this one, you know, they, it takes like 45 minutes to give you the technology orientation as you drive off the lot. And so he's showing me press this button and say this, and this happens. And I'm thinking the whole time, I'm just never going to do any of those things, but I I just call home. I guess I could say that, but I don't know. Call home. You're looking up a number, (laughs) you know, find you know, find an Italian restaurant. I mean, it's great, Liam. I started using the voice commands when I broke my wrist. Okay? Oh, I okay. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't type as, as so. I I started. I you know just dict. You can dictate your little text messages. So you're 
you're not taking your eyes off the road, you know, I mean, you're still distracted, but at least your eyes are up. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing, Leanne. It's a good thing. You can do it. Well, part of it may be that I don't do any of that. Like, I, you know, I don't talk in my car. I don't talk on the phone. I, I don't text. Right. Like, I don't use the car as an office or a hub yeah. of any kind. I use the car to, to get places. Right. So, may, so it would have to be kind of a, a difference for me. Now, maybe right. in a park. In the kitchen, Leanne. In the kitchen. <laughs> you're cooking away. So you're like, Siri, find the Barefoot Contessa recipe for potato salad. And then she'll find it for you and she'll tell you, she could give it to you like Siri. Yeah. Just, that would be great. You can do that. Well, you know, what temperature am I supposed to cook the flank steak? Okay. Your girl, Siri, she's going to have the answer. Now that you might do, right? I'm, I, yeah, I guess I think I just have to open my heart to voice command because I, I don't use it in any aspect. So, I, I mean, I rarely, I'm just getting on board the app train as it is, and I enjoy the apps I'm using. I amaze my husband that I actually have apps for things. He does. He doesn't, even though he spends all day talking about technology at work in his personal life, he doesn't allow any of that to cross into his personal life. So I feel like I'm pretty up on some of the apps and I'm doing a good job, you know, with my getting my movie tickets on my app and the weather channel app. And, you know, I, I, I donated to our niece Ruthie's film on Venmo. <laughs> like, what is that? I don't know. I, it's an app. I can send her money. So I sent her some money for her film in New York on Venmo, but now I'm going to be able to just yell at Siri, Siri, send $25 to blah, blah through Venmo. <laughs> I don't know. I think I just have to open my heart to voice command. So that's it. So uh, that's what's happening in the Apple front this week. All right. Well, here, uh, here's, here's an app you could use, Leon, because it's our next uh, topic to talk about and what to do when you, when you can, when you're, you go into a room, you see someone and you cannot remember their name. Like if you had your little friend Siri there, you could right. say, Siri, who, who is that coming at me? What is her name? That is, it's, I, I, it's a weakness of mine. I just have a real problem with it. But I came across this article by best-selling author Gretchen Rubin, who has r- r- wrote the book, The Happiness Project. And she says she has six surefire sure strategies for how to deal with that situation when you can't come up with the person's name. So just go, hi. Yes, you can do that. Just Is that it? Is that one of them? No, no, she's like, you got to really like, you got to come up with a name. Like the first thing she says you could do one strategy is like, Oh, I know your name, but I'm, I'm blocked. And I want to keep calling you Lori, but I know that's not right. Oh, that's a good line. That's not bad. Is it? Because then you're still, personalizing it yeah. you're still telling the other piece of person that you're thinking about them but you just have her name their name yeah i like that i'm blocked yes i'm <laughs> blocked i want to call you Lori, but i know that's not right yeah okay. and or okay here's strategy number two leon where you that person hi of course i know you in fact you know i was thinking and i wanted to get all of your information could you give me your card that's what you say to them oh that's a fantastic one. Do you like that one? Yeah. Yeah. At a work thing. Yeah. That's a yes. great, that's a great one. Yes. So you got, you got to really sell that. You know, yeah. you got, you, got, you can't go half in, half in with that. You got to be convinced. And then you have to follow up. You have to like email them or something. Right. 
You right. know, it's but, not going to work in a situation where it's, I mean, where there's business cards would not be extreme. Right. Like a social yeah. situation or the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was just thinking about you. <laughs> Can you pass me some of those rutabagas and your card? Yeah. That's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, the third one, she said, I, I don't even get this. She said, I, I know your name, but I'm blanking. You just fess up, tell the truth. I do that. Do you? Yeah. I mean, I don't say blanking. I'll say, I know your face is familiar. I know we've met before. Can you tell me your name again? Okay. Again, okay. because I mean a lot of people speaking and, and things like this. So that's all true. I just yeah. cannot, because they're coming at me and I'm signing books. I just can't remember everybody's name. So. All right. Well, yeah. that's why I think number one is better than number three. Okay. Like, oh, I want to call you Lori, but I yeah. know that's not right. Yeah. That sounds like warmer. Okay. <laughs> Except if her name is Lori. <laughs> then you're. Oh, good point, Leah. Yeah. Okay. Here's one. Someone comes up and says, Leanne, and you, you've got that tough name, Leanne. Yeah, I do. And then, and then your response is, you are brilliant. You remember me from, you know, wherever, you know, from that book signing. You could just say from that book signing, Leanne, because you've done so many. Yeah. But I am not so brilliant, and I can't remember your name. You see? Oh, so, that, so that seems really like a stretch. <laughs> It is. Well, that, okay. Well, you're complimenting okay. the other person, I am. which might distract them from the fact that you don't know their name know. and you're, you're making some, you know, you're, you're referencing an event. So yeah. you can at least remember the event. Okay. See, many, All right. many times I'll see people and if they're out of context, then I'm thinking, who is that? And right. Where do I know them from? Right. So I cannot use strategy number four, but no. that, that may be something. Okay. Number five is. Okay, this one I think is a little lame. They say, "Oh, sure, I remember you, but I just but I can't think of your last name." So hopefully, when they tell you That's... their last name, they're going to also include their first name. But they might not. No, because uh, so a lot of times I'll just look at me and go, "Hi, it's Leanne," hoping they'll respond with, "Yes, of course, it's Susan." You know, and they don't say that. They just go, "Hi," <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, darn it." Okay. So I think five is kind of lame, so that won't work. But yeah. number six, I, I do this all the time. You don't know the person. This, I, if you know, I have someone next to me. I, I'm whispering. I cannot remember her oh, name. Yeah. I'm going to introduce them to you, and that's how I'm going to find out the name. Which is actually kind of rude because you're supposed to, when you introduce someone to another person, you're supposed to say, "This is Leanne. You know, I'd like you to meet so and so." But, but. Uh, but hopefully you'll, they'll cough up their name in that situation, in the introduction. So. I, I really think most times you're busted. They know, I mean, there's that look of panic in your eyes. No matter what you say, that you cannot recall their name. It yeah. is hard to hide the fact that you can't recall their name. Uh, yeah. So okay. that's why I'm kind of a big believer in the... Just, just that oh, would be number three. Yeah. I, I, I know your name, but I'm blanking. Right. Okay. And because that's the truth. Or, you know, I, that's that's the truth. So it's just... And especially as someone with a hard name, I would rather say my name a hundred times. I mean, I've said it a million times. So, um, so I'm fine with that. Okay. Well, those, those all sound good. I thought they were going to be strategies for actually remembering people's names, but that's just, <laughs> no, no, you know, that's, that's not, 
That you gotta like, I don't know, you gotta do the crossword puzzle, yeah. blueberries, you just, I don't yeah. know, drink pomegranate juice, Liam. You gotta do those things. Okay? Yeah. Okay. This is when you're in that situation. Okay. Oh, you, I thought your name was Lori. I'm gonna try that. I'm yeah. gonna try that and let you know how that. Works. I guarantee you, Julie, with your luck, the first person you try that with, their name will be Lori. <laughs> I, I know that about you. This absolutely will happen. Okay, Liam. Well, it is. Tuesday, and I have some trends for you. I have some trends uh, that I want to discuss. Okay, three trends. First trend, uh, I saw this, and I hope this never, ever happens uh, to any event that you go to. It's the bridal bouquet flask. So you have the bridal bouquet, and then you have where the stem. So this would hold the stems of the bridal bouquet. It's an actual flask. Okay, so that's what the bride would be carrying uh, down the aisle or as she approaches the groom or whatever, she's going to be holding a flask in her hand. And this is supposed to you know, be of great comfort to, I don't know, the nervous bride or something. It's just a bad idea to have like the drunk bride, the boozy bride. You know, I, I just, just really, you don't need to do that. I don't understand that. Yeah, that's, I don't, the whole bridal party drinking before the wedding I, that's kind of a new thing. I don't, is, was that a thing when, you know, the many, many years ago when we were bridesmaids? I don't recall that being a thing. I, I, it wasn't as big of a thing. I mean, it was it like was a, a, a little glass of champagne. It wasn't like, let's drink all the way through the ceremony. Yes. Well, that's what, that's what this is to, to okay. help you, to ease you down, on down the road okay. with your own bridal bouquet flask. Okay. So I, I say just two thumbs down on that. I yeah. hope that this does not yeah. catch on. It's just, I mean, there's enough going on on your wedding day that you really don't need to be, you know, knocking back, <laughs> no, knocking back drinks out of your own personal flask. Okay. Plus, it just seems super awkward to drink out of a bouquet flask. <laughs> That's like, I don't even know how you would do that. That's like a beer bong or something. Well, it's a, you know, it's just a little silver flask okay. that you're going to stick your, uh, your, your flower bouquet in. Okay. okay. So that's a no. I don't understand. This one, I think, Leanne, you are going to get on board with this. You know, grocers are facing an enormous challenge. Uh, I know this is your lifelong goal to own your own little grocery store. Yes. But they're facing a problem because now many people are buying their groceries on the internet. There are a lot of delivery services. And so, you know, retail grocers really have to figure out a way to keep people coming to the grocery store land and to get them in there. So they've really been hurt by online shoppers. So now various uh, chains are trying, you know, auxiliary services to lure shoppers in. For example, the Fry Foods chain in Phoenix they have their own culinary school right there in the grocery store, as well as a lounge and a wine bar. And they're doing quite well. Like people, you know, are coming for the cooking classes or they're just, they're hanging out in the wine bar, you know, uh, and then buying some groceries. They're creating, you know, they're making it more of an entertainment spot that they would go to. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? No? You know, no, I've seen that like at Orgelson's. They do wine tastings and things like that uh, Friday afternoons. So you can go, I mean, and uh, it's certainly the Whole Foods where we are, the whole second story of the Whole Foods. It's all restaurants. There's a sushi yeah. bar. There's live music. There's singles nights. I mean, I <laughs> that seems extreme to me, but 
But yeah, I mean, fine. Yeah, good grocery stores. Go. I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't just go to a wine bar, but okay. So they wanted, I mean, Whole Foods is another one. So in Atlanta, they are giving outside, you know, before you go in, they're going to do foot scrubs, which... I oh, I used to, a long time ago, I used to get those $10 neck massages at the, like the grocery store near us. I loved it. When I was a mom and I could get away for an hour to go grocery shopping when I was, <laughs> the kids were little and I'd take my $10 and get a 15 minute neck massage. I loved it. Okay. That's, I mean, in Boston, the Whole Foods, they're doing, uh, they're offering facial waxing. So, you know, a little brow wax uh, before you go in to get your okay. broccoli. Okay. You, that, you know, I mean, you never can, I mean, again, busy moms, you know, they don't have right. to book a separate appointment. Right. I, I, I remember thinking when I, the kids were little, I wish they sold milk everywhere. Like I wish you could just go everywhere and get like shoes and some milk or the post office and some milk. <laughs> if I could just get milk, get a few basics. So it's kind of the opposite of that. You go to the grocery store and you can do a few services. That's not bad. Right. Okay. I like this in New Jersey at the shop, right? They have a fitness studio, and they have Zumba classes, yoga classes, all right there at the grocery store. Oh. That seems like a good combo. Right? That is a good combo. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yep. So like it. I think we could ask more of our local grocery stores. Maybe they would like to do that. I think that would be good, right? That's a good trend, Lee, and I think that's positive. Yes. Yeah. And I like the – I mean, if I could go to a little Zumba class before I had to pick up groceries, I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a little cold when you're going through like the refrigerated vegetables department, right? And all sweaty Zumba, right? You can you can adjust. Yeah, it would ju- it's just one less trip if you could do two things in one spot. That would be good. I like okay. it. All right, third third trend, Leon. Okay, this is uh, where you make a portrait for your birthday. Maybe you're having a special birthday, your 25th birthday, your 30th birthday. But this, these portraits are the smash cake portraits where you get all dressed up like a princess or you put on a fluffy dress or maybe a crown. You have a beautiful cake and then you smash it into your face. And then you, ta- you have the photogra- photogra- photographer shoot that. So this is so that you would have a very special commemoration of your 30th birthday. Now, I think there's nothing more adorable than like the one-year-old birthday party where you have the picture of the, uh, the one-year-old with, you know, with the cake in their face. Two-year-olds, five-year-olds, super cute, Liam. But once again, this is adults taking a perfectly good <laughs> children's – this is the realm of children – and now they're turning it into an adult thing, you know? I had to look this up because I okay, can't even believe called, that's like a in, thing. This was in the Dallas Morning News today. It was that was, uh, you make a, spl- uh, a cake smash photo of yourself. Okay. Cake smash photo. Well, they have all these little kids, but you're saying adults do it? Adults are doing this, yes. Because these yes. are some cute photos. of. I, I can see they have a... In this article, they're saying, no, you make a whole separate cake to smash, which, okay. And, yeah, well, I mean, but, but this, you're still but an adult smashing a cake in your face okay. and taking a picture of it and sending it to your friends. Okay, I now I'm on Pinterest. Problem. It's more babies. I can't find any adults, but I'm going to keep looking. Okay, Dallas Morning News. They have it. That's the story. Okay. This is because cause people feel the need to present themselves in ways that – you know, attract attention from their peers. You just can't put up a regular 
you know, uh, you know, hey, I'm 30. Hey, I'm 25. Hey, I'm 21. You know, you got to do something special. It's got you got to you got to like move the boundaries out. And that's this is a cute way, allegedly cute way to commemorate uh, a big birthday. All right. I'm with you, Julie. I I don't think that's a good trend. No. (laughs) Okay. I can't can't support that. No. Can't support it. Leave the cake smashing photographs for uh, for kids. That's my thing. Okay. All right. Anything else? That's your Tuesday trends? Those are my Tuesday trends. Do we have anything else we have to announce before we get to Outlander? We're still doing our Sat Sisters YTB contest. Is that correct? Yes. You you and Liz are in charge of that. And then Liz. Okay, Liz is fine. I just want everyone to know Liz is fine. Okay, she, 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 she said she has a big announcement that she's going to be making on Satellite Sisters. It's all good. Okay, I just want people to know it's all good. Okay, and but she does want to know because she and we've gotten and there's some great responses on her Facebook page, Leanne, mm-hmm. about if you for you know if people had two months off this summer and they could do anything, what would they do? People have been inspired by that uh, promptly, and, and they've just they have some great responses there. So uh, Liz is going to be talking about that on an upcoming podcast, and she's going to reveal her big announcement. But it's all good, okay? Right? It's, yes, she is fine. It did. I when I saw the alarmed posts on Facebook, I did text her like, "Liz, what what happened? What did you say?" And then I listened to it. I thought it was fairly cryptic. So, okay, now I'm seeing adult smash. Yeah, it looks stupid. Okay. It okay. it looks it, it 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 looks so indulgent. I can't even. It just looks terrible. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's offensive. Okay. Um all right. Yeah, Liz is totally fine. So, uh and if you have group photos, we're still running the Satellite Sisters are the best concert re- contest right on Instagram and Facebook, I think for one more one- month. Uh so use the hashtag #satsistersytb on your group photos, any groups you're getting together for weddings, smashing cakes. Yeah, you're not going to win. Even though it's a random drawing, you are not going to win if you're an adult and you smash a cake in your face. Okay. I'm gonna, Leanne and I are going to see to that. Okay. I have nothing to do with this contest, Julie. I, I, so you and Liz are running this bad boy, not me. So there you go. Uh, you heard it here from Julie. No smash cake photos, but photos of your bridesmaids or your college reunions. I'm getting together with some of my college friends at the end of the month. I'll post a little photo. We're okay. going to... We're going to Palm Springs for the weekend, so uh, that'll be fun. People flying in from all over. Looking forward to that. So um, so that's happening. The hashtag is SatSistersYTB. You can always find us on Twitter, at SatSisters. And we have two Facebook pages. One is a group page that is, you know, run by the community. Uh, so be kind, be generous to everybody. Usual people usually are, uh, that is open to all. If you are a real person, you, you do have to apply and then we approve you if you're a real person. And then we have our official satellite sisters, Facebook page as well. Um, all right. Anything else, Jewel, before we get to Outlander? I think that's it, Leanne. Okay. So this week was not the season finale of Outlander, but it was. Okay, I think we've established I got yeah. that wrong, Leanne. But right. I'm glad you brought it up again, just for one more time. <laughs> okay. 
Well, you know, we used to do the full-blown commentary, and that did require actual Googling of things and research, but we got kind of burned out on the commentaries we were doing to Madam Secretary in this. So uh, we apologize if we get stuff wrong. We're not doing the detailed research. We're just watching TV like you do, okay? Um, But, Julie, this week, once again, it disappeared from my DVR, the episode. So then I realized I I have stars, so I could actually watch it on my computer. But that required me to log into my DirecTV account, which I could not remember the password for the life of me because recently DirecTV was bought by AT&T. So what was my DirecTV? We have had DirecTV for 18 years. Like we were one of their, literally their first customers. Uh, We've had the same account password for 18 years, but like two weeks ago I had to change it. So. I did manage, I had to reset the password and reset it again, and the passwords don't match, but I did manage to watch this week's episode, which was called Preston Pans. I thought it was Presto Pans, which sounded like a product you could buy on the Home Shopping Channel. But no, apparently this is the first battle of the Jacobite revolution there in Scotland. Uh, the Scots combining with the what they believe is the true king, Charles Stuart, to get back on the, the British throne. Uh, they want the true king there. Julie, remember when this show was just a charming romance about time travel and sexy Scots? I mean, yes. what happened to that show? I know. This is really the brutality of war. It was. But but I I have to say, Leanne, throughout the episode, I kept just saying, I was just so pleased they weren't in France. So no matter how brutal it was, I was just glad they were out of France. Mm -hmm. And I just was enjoying it more. You know, I think Jamie was in his element fighting a battle, planning and fighting a battle. You know, he was all revved up. And so I like that. And I actually thought... The battle scenes were, were, you know, they were gory, but they were uh, beautifully done and, and staged and how they did those. So I like that. Yeah, the photography in this episode was really lovely. It was dark. It was boggy. It yeah, was the, boggy. the wind. Special uh, special award to the wind is a special effect because there's a lot of blowing of hair and billowing shirts and kilts. Hey, when did that shirtless running in kilts shot get put into the title sequence? I was happy to see that. That was nice. Yes, that just uh, that's exciting. Every time, Leanne. It's very just, exciting. Woo, that was new to me. Uh, I did I did wonder too, because there was a scene with a lot of we'll get into it a little bit more, but when did men stop wearing wigs? Like when did they when did that happen? That's a very good question, Lynn. I don't know. I'm going to toss that to the history chicks. I know they listen to Satellite Sisters. Uh, if you if you guys could research that, you know, our podcast friends, the history chicks, if you guys could get on that and just get back to me. When did men stop wearing wigs? Because it must be pretty soon after this, although they wore them during the American Revolution, too. And so this revolution, this rebellion in Scotland happens in, like, 1745. So when did they stop wearing wigs and why? I'd be curious. Anyone can answer that question. Because you thought um, it was a little awkward during the battle scenes that you had to have a wig on? Yeah, and just there was the contrast of the Scots you know, uh, with no wigs, the Highlanders, but then in the, you know, war council scene where you had the Irish and you had the British and the Scots, some were in wigs, some weren't in wigs. Why were some in wigs? You know, I understand the prince was in a wig, but other people weren't in a wig. So I wanted to know the politics of wigs and when that, when that happened. Um, but so basically we're gearing up for the first fight in this. The whole first half of the show is basically answering the question, is the ground too boggy? (laughs) 
Well put, Lan. Thank you. That was the fundamental question. Is the ground too boggy for the horses? Okay, that is no accent. That is no known accent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the War Council involves, you know, the British, the Irish, the Scottish. They're all trying to align, but they're never going to align, and they haven't aligned yet. And now it's like the Brit exit right there happening again. It <laughs> happening is. again. <laughs> it was unbelievable. You would think the Scots and the Brits could get along, but uh-uh, no. And they're not, certainly not going to align with with the the other crews from from the other from the from the Ireland. No, no, no way. I mean, and if you saw like this weekend on Euro, the big soccer tournament, Euro 2016, the British got tied in the last minute. England's national team. No one was happier than the Irish, the Welsh, uh, Welsh, and the Scots. <laughs> that Britain was humiliated again. So they. So they're still at it, those people with the wigs and everything. But they do come up with the idea that Dougal will go out there and test, he's the ground too boggy. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, that was a very dramatic scene. Again, you see how close the two, the two opposing armies were, you know, which is if you vi- visited Gettysburg, you have that same sense like they really fought here over this stone wall, you know, I mean, and how brutal it was because they were, so, you know, they were so close to each other for, for the big battle. But I have to say, Jamie, you know, he seemed to be operating on a higher level. Uh, yeah. At the beginning of this series, I always thought was Jamie was just, you know, a good-looking guy in a kilt. Yeah. I didn't really think he had much upstairs uh, uh, mentally. I always felt like Claire was was his, you know, The brains, the brains of that yeah, operation. Yes, yes, yeah, but J- Jamie showed a lot of diplomacy and he showed a lot of strategy, uh, both in uh, in. in pulling together the various parties for the battle and also the battle plan. So Jamie came off looking very smart in this episode. I would agree. Yes. He see, he did seem to have a sense of diplomacy that the rest of those people did not. And uh, I, I would agree. He stepped into his role as a leader and uh, as someone that his men trust and, you know, his men will follow and that he has the ear of this wacky prince. So yeah, Jamie looked good. Uh, but Dougal did it. He got on that horse. He rode into the middle of that bog field and he practically got stuck he was getting shot at they even shot his beautiful blue beret <laughs> so that was, that was a pity that was a pity right <laughs> but he was the hero and it was too boggy it was too boggy for the horses yeah. and, and then as he returned and the british and their stupid red coats i mean you think they could have figured that out <laughs> right go with camo yeah who wears red coats to a battle in Scotland or in America for that? But no, took him years to figure that out. But I did enjoy the mocking cheers of the Irish and the Scottish when Dougal returned. I thought that was funny. A little bit of Braveheart. Loved it. Right, right. Loved it. In the meantime, poor Claire is stuck with like the three most reluctant nurses setting up the field hospital with like four tools and some honey water, right? I mean, I thought she was pretty smart to figure out the honey water, yeah. you know, which is, uh, which is, so that's, she was going to take care of them. I mean, I'm not worried about Claire in the field hospital. I knew, knew she'd pull through and I knew that she would, she would do whatever she had to do, including doing major chest surgery on, uh, on one of the guys there. So she, she, she does an excellent job. 
And then, uh, and then we see the night before the battle, the Scottish are going to sneak in. They're going to sneak attack. They're not going to use horses. Uh, that we have the sort of classic night before the battle scene that Shakespeare did in Henry V. That was that same yeah. sort of thing, wandering around in the middle of the night to the field, and everybody gets to say their piece and and give their thoughts on what's going to happen before. And you know, we see the the Highlanders there. They're lining up for the prostitute, or they're saying prayers, or they're kissing Claire goodbye. And we get the men who are, you know, convinced they're doing the right thing and the men who, who think this is a waste of their, their time. So that was very emotional. That was great writing, I thought. It was not a time-traveling romantic comedy, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very I, I thought it was very moving. And then the most moving was Little Fergus runs off to join the battle. I have grown very fond of Little Fergus, haven't you? I, I Me too, Lee, and I think he's done a fine job. He still has that sort of strange accent but other than that i i think it, you know he, he could see how, how he was so totally disoriented from from be, actually being in the battle and the scene between fergus and and claire when she realizes he was missing and that he was in the battle and that he was so shook up from it was very tender. Yeah, it was very tender. And then Claire is there. She's been ordered by the British prince, uh, even though he's fighting against the British, to take care of the British soldiers and act, and to actually prioritize their care, which Jamie refuses to tell Claire. And so that creates a lot of uh, tension there in the hospital room. Dougal's not too thrilled about that. Other people aren't too thrilled about that. And the prince just can't seem to let go that these are are his subjects too. So we just get the sense the prince's heart is really not in this whole thing, right? He's really not in it. He's really, he's not up for this at all. No, and he's got that totally wild um, dress coat on. I yeah. mean, there is, it's gold, gold embroidered, but then with the red tart. I mean, I don't know what he, what he was trying to go for there, but it's just so distracting because it's so bad looking. You yeah. Know? I Either, think he was yeah. thinking, what would Elton John wear to a rebellion? And that's, <laughs> What he put on? <laughs> so, so that's about it. So oh. we see that one of Jamie's good friends, Angus, you know, has been has been wounded. Uh, he was there was a cannon blast, there was a stabbing, and this and that. Claire thinks she's fixed him, fixed them all up, and in the middle of this scuttle about caring for the British patients, Angus goes south. He, you know, it's clear she did she missed that he had been hit by a cannonball, that he's bleeding internally, and he dies a very bloody, very sad death. I know, I know, I know. I mean, that's I, I think his death and the death of the other brother i can't i don't know what, what that character's name was who died you know those, those were that was very moving that, yeah uh, and you know the, everyone was so sad about that and that scene was very nice yeah it, it it brings it brings the rebellion home and sort of was an answer to the question that they were asking before the battle what's the point of our deaths it, it if one person dies does it matter if a thousand of us die then what's the point of that so then we see that the one good friend does die and then we get treated to what can only be called i guess a scottish wake so which was a lot of drunken singing and <laughs> yes completely devoid of any like sentiment or emotion Right, right. Yeah. They were not handling the death well, but they were handling it, I guess, like Scots, right? Right, right. Just more whiskey. That was it. 
more risky. So that was it. It was kind of a dark, serious uh, episode, and this is the Battle of the Rebellion. The J- the, because she's a time-traveling nurse from World War II, Claire knows what's going to happen. Jamie knows what's going to happen. They couldn't stop it. They're only trying to make it less bad, I guess. And uh, so we're set for a couple more episodes like this. But the good news for this one is the Scots win this battle. They yeah, they, they won, won the this battle. battle. But that's, I mean, that's what the, you know, but the, the bigger war is the problem. And yeah. Claire knows it. And I think Jamie knows it too. So okay. It's we, ominous, Liam. Yeah, it's very ominous. And it, <laughs> It was um, it was ominous. It was ominous. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone on our Facebook page. Julie, what is the name? I'm looking right up now. The woman who was giving us the previews of each episode. Like oh. Julie, you know, don't worry. There's there's not any there's not any sex scenes, but there is some bad battle scenes. I'm, I, I, I'm I, I don't look. have it here in front of me, Lynn, I know. but I am so grateful to those scouting reports, Outlander scouting reports. Please keep them coming. Yeah, they're excellent. Oh yep. shoot, I will. I'm looking it up now, trying to find it. Uh, thank you. Very, very helpful to do that. Uh, not finding it. Okay, I'll have your name next week, and thank you personally for that because those are good. Because you did say the battle was bloody, so here's what I did: I just took my glasses off, so I I could still see, but I couldn't see the details. So for me, that was like the best way to handle that. Was like, oh, okay, great. I'll just take, take my glasses off. That is a total mom thing. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> I know. Okay, sister. Okay. It, it happens. It happens all the time. All right. Uh, we are the Satellite Sisters. Jill, what do you got going on this week? Anything? I got to go get in the carpool line, Lynn. It's noontime here. I feel like if I get in the carpool line now, I can be top 10. I'm going to have a report next week. Okay. Somewhere I know there's like a metric of how many hours people spend in carpool lines like and i know people say oh they read they listen to the radio they listen to books on tape so those are all good things but the truth is you're still sitting in your car okay so it's linda little linda thank you so much julian outlanders she always tells us about what she previews the episodes for us so linda thank you she did say you may want to close your eyes for Claire's entire voiceover in the first scene. Those were the battle scenes. Oh, oh no, that was when. Oh yeah, that was the oh, yeah, the body was being good. eaten. Yeah, that right, was gross. Right. And worry. it's a good episode to have your tissue box on hand, Linda. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So you're getting in the carpool lane. I got some writing to do, uh, and Liz is um, not going anywhere. <laughs> She's fine. She's fine. She is fine. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. You too. You too. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. 